What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I know that New York Knicks fans are having a hard time understanding what the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> Julius Randle has been struggling, and what trips me out is how much they've turned on him so fast. Shout out to Julius Randle. He had a great year. But the fans, y'all got to be loyal through the good and the bad. Welcome back to another edition of What's Burning. We're talking NBA playoffs. Jack, Lakers and Sun are in the best of three series. Um, we all saw CP get hurt in that first, uh, first game. I got a chance to talk to him. Shoulder hasn't been feeling well, but it looks like slowly but surely it's kind of coming back to life. He's at only nine points, but leads the team with seven assists a game. Devin Booker's having a great first-time playoff experience, averaging 25, nearly six assists and five rebounds. DeAndre Ayton uh, was going to be the key to me. He's at nearly 20 points, almost 14 rebounds, shooting 80% from the field. AD went down with a growing injury. Uh, we're not sure about his uh, likeliness to return. Obviously not playing in game five, but... They have to be very cautious with that type of injury. Who needs to step up for the Lakers, Jack? And what have you thought about this series overall? Well, I think the Suns are doing great, man. Obviously, uh, when I won the championship in 03, we had a little help. You know, in the West Conference Finals, Dirk was hurt the whole series. And that and it helps us not having Dirk on the opposite, on the opposite bench. Mm-hmm. But And injuries are a part of, of the playoffs. Injuries are part of the game, and a lot of people don't understand that. And you need some luck sometimes. But this is a break for the Suns because they have a better chance of winning now without AD in the lineup. I think everybody on the Lakers team has to step up. I think it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of messed up because they came into the series with with the idea of not playing Montrez. Now they need him. So what's his mental? Where what you know what I'm saying? Where is he at mentally? But everybody on their team has to step up. It has to be a collective effort. I even text LeBron. I even text him and, and told him I say, man, you've you've done it. You've done the impossible so many times. This is another challenge for you. Let's see what you're gonna do. You know, and I, and I think he can do it. I think he can pull him out of the series, but it's going to be tough. And Phoenix has a great chance now that AD's down. I think you made an interesting point about where Montrez Harrell's mental's at. Obviously, coming off a of, you know sixth man of the year, going down the hallway to the Lakers, I'm sure he had a different vision of how this season would play out for him. Uh, hasn't played much in this series. Actually, in, in uh, 
posted a tweet the other day. It said something like the worst thing in the world is wasted time. So obviously he's frustrated, but I feel like between him, Kyle Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder, two of those guys have to be at least 18 to 20 points uh, with AD out. You can never replace AD with one player. I think it's obviously by committee. And that other guy needs to be in that 10 to 15 point range. And then you need other guys to step up. Um, this is a, a, a big opportunity for the Phoenix Suns because, uh, you know, there's not going to be any easy passes, uh, you know, with AD down, not really sure the way he went down. It doesn't look like a couple of days is going to make that that injury. OK, so he may miss a few games in this series. And then and to me, like you said, uh, LeBron has to be amazing, but he's going to need some other guys to step up from his supporting cast and really do what they're supposed to do. So um, I'm excited to uh, watch game five tonight and see what happens. So we'll have to keep a close eye on this series because obviously everyone predicted with the Lakers being healthy that they would represent the Western Conference. But as we see right now, they're not a healthy team. Next up, we have the Portland Trail Blazers, our dark horse versus the Denver Nuggets are basically in a best of three series as well. The Blazers are starting to hit on all cylinders. Da uh, Damian Lillard's at 30 points, nearly 10 assists a game, and five made threes. CJ's at about 22 points a game, six assists. Norman Powell has been the X-Factor at 18 points. Melo at 13, and Nurkic at 13 and 13. Joker's numbers are Joker. He's at 30 and 11. Michael Porter Jr., who we thought needed to step up and have a big playoffs, numbers are down by about 10 points, and he's only taken about 12 Shots a game. Uh, I'm, I am I feel like they're starting to feel that Murray uh, expertise and, and specialty in the playoffs is, is definitely being missed right now. Uh, thoughts on this series? Uh, we picked Portland. Uh, we're high on Portland. They got a lot of experience. They've been through a lot over the last couple of years, and eventually you turn the corner. Eventually you get healthy and things start to go your way, and hopefully this is the series. Um I'm still unbelievable. Jokic, 30 points, averaging 30 points in the playoffs. Like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, with Porter, you know, he's still young. You know, um, he got to learn what this playoffs is about. And the arena's not even full. Just imagine if the arenas were full. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, you know, it's, the, the playoffs is another level of the game from regular season. And guys got to get adjusted to that. And they're definitely missing Murray. But I think they still have a good opportunity to win the series. Also, Austin, Austin Rivers has stepped up. He's playing well. Yes, he so uh, I, I, I think Gordon has to do more. You know, Gordon has to do way more than what he's doing. They have a chance, but uh, I'm still I'm still going with uh, Dem I mean uh, with Portland because I, I I just rely on Dame and I think it's their time. You know, I just think this is an opportunity for Portland. I think you know, obviously they were they ran into a Golden State dynasty, but then they've also had key members hurt during crucial times in the season uh, during the playoffs, and now they got everyone healthy. Everyone's hitting on all cylinders. Dame is being Dame. Love what Norman Powell brings on both sides of the floor. So don't be surprised, you know, if this team is able to slide through here, then they're going to face the, the, the winner of, of L.A. and Phoenix. And that's not going to be easy for anybody. So uh, excited to see this Portland team kind of hit on all cylinders and, and looking forward to fin them finishing off this series. Next up, Utah Jazz, the number one seed in the playoffs. First, the Memphis Grizzlies. They have a 3-1 lead. Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, uh, both over 20 points a game. Looks like they've kind of found their groove. Obviously, getting Donovan Mitchell back was a huge, huge piece. Although the Grizzlies have showed flashes at times, John Moran has been incredible. Uh, the future is bright. Uh, to me, Dylan Brooks, within the next two or three years, is going to be one of the top five best two-way players in the game. Mark my words. I love his toughness on both sides of the floor. What do you think about this Jazz team, Jack, and uh, the way they've been playing? Well, first, I want to just give Donovan Mitchell his props. They haven't lost a game since he came back. When you just start a team, this is what you want to bring. 
You want to bring the confidence. You want to bring the effort. You want to bring, you know, the, the actual the actual leadership to your team to get these dubs. And they haven't lost since he got back. So shout out Donovan Mitchell for coming in and being the leader that he's supposed to be. I think with Memphis, you have Ja Morant. We both love Dylan Brooks. He reminds us of us so much. Plays so hard on both ends of the court. And uh, Jerry Jackson, he hasn't played all year, so he's still trying to figure it out. They got a lot of key pieces, but I don't think they're ready yet. Ja's one of my favorite players in the whole league. If they can add some more uh, pieces you know, to their core of their team, they'll be all right. But right now, Utah is just a better team. They've been the best, one of the best teams in the league all year long, and uh, they're going to they're gonna, uh, end the series next game. I agree. But again, I think Memphis should be very excited about what's to come. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, there are three young stars in Morant, Brooks, and, and Jackson are, are definitely going to take this team places. Um, and this was a good showing. Like I said, they've shown flashes. Uh, they've been in pretty much all the games except one. I'm looking forward to, 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 to see what this team can do in the future. But I, I definitely feel like the Utah will close this out in the next game or two. The Knicks versus the Hawks. I know the New York Knicks fans are having a hard time understanding what the fuck is going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius Randle, after winning Most Improved Player, has been struggling. And what trips me out is how much they turned on him so fast. Um, right. Obviously, shout, shout out Derrick Rose, averaging nearly 23 points a game, uh, put in the starting lineup during the playoffs. But this Hawks team is deep, man, and Trey Young is not scared of shit, averaging about 28 and 10. Uh, got four other players in double figures, three players at about nine points a game. At the end of the day, Jack, the Hawks just have more talent. And I was someone who picked the Knicks, but quickly had to uh, think about my choice after watching the first couple games. But what have been your impressions of this series overall this far? Well, just the confidence in the Hawks. You know, they have a, they definitely have a deeper team. They have a great group of veterans with Lou and Gallinari and a great group of young guys with Trey and the rest of the gang. So, um, and a great coach, a tough-minded coach that came in and got these kids playing with confidence and playing mm-hmm. tough-minded. I got to reiterate on what you said earlier. Shout out to Julius Randle. He had a great year. But the mm-hmm. fans, y'all got to be loyal through the good and the bad. You know, he, he's doing all he can. And, and a lot of times you got to understand this. You might do a lot of great things in the regular season as far as game-wise. But when the playoffs, they take all that away and make other people do things that they wasn't doing all season. And, and that's what Nate McMillan and the Hawks are doing, making other people beat them. And, and, and the team has, has, is not used to that. They don't have enough experience and enough talent to, to, to figure that out on the fly right now. Um, I love quickly. I love what D. Rose is doing. But y'all got to continue to have Randall's back because he's doing all he can. He's got y'all to this playoffs. But don't abandon him now because y'all not winning the series. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to uh, Julius last week, and, and I could just tell he's pressing. Obviously, it's a lot of weight, man. You got to think the first time in the playoffs since 2013, most improved players, one of the biggest franchises in the history. I think there's a lot riding on his shoulders, and I kind of just felt like he was pressing, man. So, you know, we had a little bit of back and forth, and I think he's played a little bit better. But like you said, the Hawks team has a lot of talent. Um, if you take away Randall's, you know, 25 a game, they don't really have much else outside of D. Rose. So, uh right. You know, obviously salute for the run they made this year, but I feel like the Hawks will close this out in another game or two as well. Last but not least, we have the Sixers versus the Wizards. Uh, game five coming up. Um, B took a hard fall in game four in the first quarter, did not return. We'll have an MRI um, for his knee. Ben Simmons is almost at a triple-double at 14, 10, and 9. Uh, Wizards are on Hackabin, obviously not shooting the ball well from the free throw line. Uh, Beal, Westbrook, and Hashimura all delivered last game to get their first win. Can the Wizards extend this series if Embiid has to miss more than one game, Jack? 
they can <laughs> because I'm sure whatever game he comes back, they'll win that one because he, he is just that good. But, it, you know, I hope he's healthy. I hope he comes back soon. You don't want to see a series uh, play out because the best player got hurt. I, I hate when the series go like that. But like I said, it's a part of the game. Uh, I, th- I think the, the Wizards can smell blood now because, to me, without Embiid on the court, the Wizards have the best big man in Gaff. Uh, he catches everything, he dunks everything, and, and he protects the rim very well. Um, Simmons, I love you to death, one of my favorite players, but you got to take, you got to knock these free throws down, bro. Um, they gonna, you don't want to be the player that they're fouling during the end of the game or anywhere during these playoffs to mess up your chances of getting the uh, championship, bro. You got to knock these free throws down, uh, and he can, and he can. I think it's, I think it's just more focus and uh, more practice, but. The Wizards definitely smell blood, and uh, I, I, if Embiid doesn't play maybe a game or two, I see the Wizards winning the next one. Mm-hmm. Shout out Russell Westbrook, man. Uh, 19 points, 21 rebounds, and I think 14 assists, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. This dude is fucking incredible, man. Um, <laughs> love what he's doing. Also, shout out Tobias Harris. He's kind of been the question mark for that team. Will he step up and he, uh, you know, for Philly? And he's definitely stepped up and done his part. This team has played well uh, at times when Embiid hasn't played. Obviously, losing him during the game, you kind of have to completely change your mindset. But, you know, I, 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 I it's going to be a tough, tough game five. But I, I have Philly pulling it out. Uh, it, it's always hard to go against Russ in, in the way Beal has been playing, but. I think they're going to pull this out just because they're a better team to me. So, we'll ain't, to ain't no up. doc got something up his sleeve too, Matt. Definitely, definitely. So we'll we'll play close attention to this uh, as we watch Embiid. Similar to the AD situation, you know, the Lakers in Philly have uh, championship aspirations, and you know, some of their best players are really uh, are are, are ag- uh, nagging right now. So, can they afford the luxury to sit them? And, and win this series, you know, because obviously I don't think either of them are going to be that healthy with just one game off. So this is going to be interesting to watch for both these teams, uh, the Lakers and the 76ers moving forward. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Top 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. It's time to make your mark with the Italian Twine Watch Company. The luxury watch brand is 100% black-owned and ran by two HBCU grads and former college roommates. Italian Twine offers detail and luxury with styles for both men and women. The Virginia-based company, founded in 2014, has been featured in Men's Health, The Rob Report, Black Enterprise, Huffington Post, New York Magazine, The Cosmopolitan, and much more. Join the Italian Twine family. Shop at ItalianTwine.com and use the code ATS for 10% off your next order. Next up, on the clock by our newest sponsor, Italian Twine. Game 5 coming up Wednesday. Jack, this is the best of three series. It's tied at 2-2. Dallas stole two in L.A. Clippers returned the favor and took two in Dallas. Uh, Kawhi is at 33 points and nearly nine rebounds a game. Paul George is at 25 points and nearly nine rebounds a game. Luka is at 33, 8, and 8. Uh, they made some adjustments and were able to go into Dallas and handle business. I'm fully confident in the Clippers that they're going to win this series. Now, I just think they have a l- different look in their eye, a different energy. They have their rotation down. They got the young boy in there playing. Um, Jack, thoughts on, first of all, this series, and then after that, do the Clippers really need to make this run to keep this team together? Well, I think I think – for the most part, after they lost those games, I think Talu went and told them that, you know, we need to be dogs. We need to be the, the physical team. We, you know, we, we got so many guys on this team that have, that have pride and there's tough guys and that come from tough backgrounds. And we played the game one way, but they haven't been, they wasn't playing the, the, the way their style of game, that physical style of game, you know, the first couple of games. Now they kind of figured it out. You know, Kawhi's averaging 30. You know, and I think everybody is, is, is coming up, coming in and playing more physical and more confident. Um, we all knew what Luca was going to do. He's been a problem for them all year, you know. But making adjustments—that's what—that's what tells the—that's what, tells the, that's what uh, separates the difference between the coaches and the teams. What team right. can makes the can make the best adjustments in the playoffs? And right now, the Clippers are doing that. But Luca's been great. Luca needs way more help. I don't think Porzingis is is, is, is giving him the help he needs. And uh, Boban came in the game last game and, and gave them more more of a. Uh, a, a, a center presence than uh, Porzingis did this, this this whole series. So um, they Luca definitely needs more help, but I see the Clippers pulling it out because I think they found their juice. They found their juice. Yes, obviously the Clippers are on the clock. Um, what people don't realize is this is only this team's second year together. But in LA, it's like dog years. You know, one year is almost <laughs> you know it's like a lifetime. And to think that you would blow this team up if they don't happen to make a run after two years is ridiculous. But that's just the new right. NBA we're in. You know, there's some whispers that if they don't make a run, Kawhi could walk. You know, all that is just speculation right now. But like I said, I think they've kind of found what they needed to find. I see them coming through and finishing this series off. So it's, it's still going to be a battle, but I definitely have the Clippers advancing. Well, if Kawhi's going to leave, bro, there's only one place I see him going that's better than L.A. Miami. Or Miami. Golden State. Yep. Jim, him, him and Jimmy real cool. Mm, that'd be tough. We had a great sit-down conversation with our brothers Van Lathan and Trayvon Free about their Oscar when make sure you check us out this thursday june 3rd enjoy this teaser
Kyrie Irving is my favorite basketball player on the planet. He's my favorite basketball player because I think he's doing something invaluable. He's giving context and perspective to this. He is playing basketball, and basketball has provided him a great a, life, a, a great life, and a platform. Mm-hmm. Is NBA basketball as important as what's going on in the Middle East now? It's just not. It's just not. You have to be a moron to think that when ki- when kids are dying, right? So when he, when you put a mic in his face and he goes, "Hey, yeah, basketball is cool, but I want to talk about what's going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin." We we gotta have that. Yeah. And the rub is that we can't have that if they're not playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then if they don't play, that would be a huge, huge, huge big thing too, because that'd be fucking on people's pockets so bad. Right. So I think both people are right. But I think one thing that we have to do to Trayvon's point is we just have to know what we're saying. I see so many people, <laughs> and I, I I I see Stephen A. Smith, and I love Stephen A. Smith. I see Stephen A. Smith being critical of Kyrie. And being critical of like what he's doing and how he's comporting himself, I think that balance is needed. I think that to be honest with you, if athletes would have been like this in the 90s or in the 80s, be we might be place. better off right now. And I'm not coming at those guys. I'm just saying, yeah, it's shit going on. Mm-hmm. I know the dude can put the ball in the hole. But what else you got for us? I personally like white making white people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think they actually, I think they think better and on their feet. I think we're doing a disservice to white people by keeping them comfortable mm-hmm. because they're not going to do it right. And now we're going to have to come at them. The best thing we can do for white America is continuously make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then we'll all get to a place where maybe we could all be a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's crazy you brought up Kyrie because I was someone who was uh, opinionated on his thing because it didn't seem like when he first came with the idea that he had a plan. To me, I wanted to have a plan. This is another thing he and I went at. Yeah, me and Kyrie talk every day. And yeah. it was it was something because it's just like, you know, you have that platform. Like, what's your poke? Okay, you're not going to play. What's the plan? Right. Not playing is not solving anything. Like right. you said, you're just, you're making people mad because games are, but like, what's your plan? And then once I kind of figured out what his plan or hearing what his plan and seeing that he really had a plan... I had to take a step back and admit that I was wrong because, like, to me, I think, like I said, our strength is our platform. Our strength is our voice. Our strength is our ability to connect dots. Our strength is our ability to get our voice around the world. So, okay, if you're just going to sit out, that's you're wasting all the – but he was doing more than just but Let me ask out. you this. What if he didn't have a plan? What if he just said, a black man got shot today, I don't feel like shooting the basketball? I would understand that, but to me, it's it's not like – that's your that's your individual choice, okay, and that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? But to, to to criticize other people that want to go move forward and go ahead and play, or I got you, I'm not with. But if you do, like I said, find out that he did have a plan. Like I had to take a step back and, and admit I was wrong and have extended a hand and 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 sitting down and having a conversation. But I completely agree. Like the way he handles stuff now, and and to me, Kyrie is the best player right now he's ever been because he's so clear on who he is as a player on and off the court. Super confident. Like he's so at peace with who he is on and off the court and not a a motherfucker can't disturb that. And then usually when you're at peace, that's when you're at your best. So I love what he's doing. I I definitely love that. Look at the season he had though. 50, 40, 90. The sixth player. Seventh player. Seventh player in history. Yeah. So it's. And fast after fast in a month. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't understand his game. It's incredible. It's, it's, he just got to, so much in his bag. You can't. You don't know what he's gonna pull out. It's not yeah. even a. But, but it's not a bag. I think it's disrespectful to call what Kyrie Irving has a bag. <laughs> he got like you know like them little infinity symbols forever. He, Whatever he wants. Yeah. So my man, yeah, my man, Irv Rolling, right? He works with Kyrie. He told me one time because like I'm trying to get my game back right for the adult men's leagues. 
this nigga start rubbing his buckets. knees when Damn. he's talking about. Damn. 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 I got, okay, I got hold on, hold on. Just because you rub your knees don't mean that. He went through. He okay. Not too long ago, if y'all don't know, he went back to some old footage. He yeah. was a little heavier, yeah. and he showed himself dunking. That was a while back, man. I don't know if you're going to get back to that. But see, here's the thing, though. It's not about dunking anymore. Okay. All right. There's <laughs> been a player in the NBA that has set me free. Oh. Luka? Jokic. Jokic. Oh, yeah. I can do that, bro. <laughs> like, bro, bro, I'm telling you, bro. I can I can do that. But like, you're only 6'2". He's bro, 7 feet. I'm in the men's league, though. So yeah. you're Jokic In the men's there. league, I'm Jokic. Okay. Okay. All right, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And so, so what I'm saying, like, I look at Jokic, and I'm like, Sometimes, bro, Jokic is crazy, bro. Like, this nigga is not fast. A athletic, and like, and bro, bro, like, and I'm looking at Jokic. I'm like, yo, I can do that. And I hear Irv. I hear Irv and be like, bro, I just send him Jokic clips and stuff like this. He'd be like, Van, stop. I'm actually working with a real NBA player. <laughs> I'm like, this I can do. Um, but he told me he said, Kyrie, he's not even setting you up. He's just reacting to whatever he's it is you do. The whole game, whatever it is you do, he's going at full speed, just reacting and. It don't even look right. I can't think of anybody that's been that. Maybe Steph has been that skilled. Steph is pretty. Yep. Like, I can't think of anybody that skilled. With him and Jokic, one thing with them, their basketball IQ is through the roof. Mm -hmm. So is mine. <laughs> Y'all hating, bro. Like, ass turn. And like, 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 like ass, oh, oh, here ass, you go again. Ass, ass turn. Ass turn. Ass turn. Hey, this term name is the most dropped on hey, this we, show. We have BD on in uh, ass term. Term, term, term no, brought, we, term we, no, I can play. We brought term on. Term got some love. Oh, term is go the most term mentioned uh, person, not a celebrity. Yeah, <laughs> ever has on been the mentioned show. on the show. <laughs> Next up on the radar, presented to you by DraftKings. Uh, highly anticipated second round matchup between the Nets and the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks were able to sweep Miami in four games. Boston stole one uh, versus the Nets, but I think we all feel like, with all due respect, that the Nets will finish this series out shortly, either next game or the game after. Odds on to win the East. They have the Nets at minus 125. They have the Bucks at plus 250. Jack, what have you seen from both these teams that excite you uh, if we do get this highly anticipated second-round matchup? Well, the best thing I can say about Milwaukee is experience is the best teacher. And they had all the experience they needed last year in the bubble to come out this year with a different focus, uh, with a different team with Drew Holiday, and with a championship mentality. I don't think they came in this year just to make it through the first and second round. They're they looking to win it. They think they're the best team, and they're playing like it. And I think everything they've been through the last couple of years is giving them the confidence and to, to finally break through. Uh, we know what the Nets going to do. We know what, what they're capable of. Uh, they have to get better on defense. Uh, Jason Tatum is one of the best scorers in the league, but you can't give up 50 points in the playoffs. It's, it, it, it just don't happen. I've, you know, I've never been on a team where we gave up 50 in the playoffs. You can't give up 50 in the playoffs, and I think for the most part – once they become a better defensive team, which they need to, because the next round is going to be harder. Milwaukee is going to be tough. Um, they got to finish this series on the, on the right note. And I honestly think they got to start playing DJ to have an inside presence. I agree. You can't give up 50 during the playoffs, but I also realize how special Jason Tatum is. Not only did he True. drop 50, he came back and dropped 40 <laughs> the next game. Jason Tatum is mm -hmm. a cold motherfucker, boy. And I think with Jalen Brown, this would have been a, definitely a more interesting series. Um, Shout out Kevin Durant, man. This man came out and dropped 42 and made it look so effortless. <laughs> insane, man. The most precise score, uh, efficient score we've ever seen in the history of the game. I really like Milwaukee, too. I, I, I think, like you said, they've had experience uh, being the one seed and, and learning what those hard knocks are like. 
This year they flew under the radar the whole time in, in, in that third seed and continue to play good basketball. They play different kind of lineups. They've had different guys step up. Obviously adding Drew Holiday is going to be big, and we're seeing that in the playoffs. Brent Forbes stepped up in the last few games for them with his shooting. They have all hands on deck, and they are definitely going to be ready for Brooklyn. If I'm not mistaken, Giannis had a field day with Brooklyn the last two times they played him in the regular season. Mm -hmm. So right. this is going to be a definitely a great second-round showdown. And, uh, you know, although I do have the Nets, it's not going to be sweet. It's definitely going right. to be a, a, an old-school battle. I love what the East looks like uh, this year in the playoffs. So this is going to be something we have to pay a close attention to. Obviously, you know, with all due respect to Boston, we kind of feel like the Nets are going to finish them off. So definitely looking forward to this uh, second-round matchup between Giannis and KD. Now we're on to your guys' favorite segment, fan questions. And we got some good ones today. Jack, start us off. At Good Vision Photography, what do you all think about the disrespect of the fans from the stands? This shit is unbelievable, man, and we're, we're going to get in more depth um, to this later in the show, but we just have to hold these fans accountable. You know, the NBA is very harsh on players going in the stands. Uh, you know that all too well. They're very harsh on players even speaking to the fans. I got to find so much motherfucking money for just responding back to fans, so it's time for the NBA to step up and really start protecting their players before this shit gets ugly. All right, next up, Orangin' Everyone is sleeping on the Trailblazers. If they beat Denver, do you see them making the finals? It's a possibility. Uh, anything's possible. We beat a one seed. Nobody count, everybody counted us out. So uh, anything's possible. You know, like I said, injuries happen, things happen. Somebody can get hot. Uh, anything can happen in the playoffs right now. So they definitely have an opportunity. Will they? I don't think so. Uh, I think they make some noise and, and do better than they did last year, but I don't see them winning the finals. I definitely think they have a chance from a standpoint. There's no clear-cut favor right now. Obviously, Utah's the one seed. They're playing well. Um, but the Lakers are unhealthy, um, and they were everyone's favorite coming out of the West. Uh, Clippers have been inconsistent. You know, they're in a 2-2 battle right now with Dallas. Uh, to me, the West is wide open, and I wouldn't be surprised um, if the Trailblazers made the finals. You know, they've been our dark horses. Um, obviously, right. it's not going to be easy. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to have something to say with that. Uh, Utah is going to have something to say, and you, you know the winner of that Phoenix Lakers series is going to have something to say. But um, man, to me, it's wide open still in the West. I think you know the East is a battle, but it's really wide open in the West. Next fan question at Nestzilla: Which teams need to blow it up and start over, and which teams are a piece away? Damn, that's a tough question. Uh, blow up and start over. I think the Houston Rockets which is unfortunate because normally a casualty of war when you blow up is going to be the coach. You know, our brother Steve Silas, first year on the job over there, and it was a shit show. So, you know, hopefully they give him a chance and, and are able to build, uh, you know, a quality team around them. They do have some quality pieces over there. A team, I think, is one piece away. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are one piece away, which is going to be hard because they're a small market, so they're going to have to do some great drafting or, or, or trade. And as crazy as it sounds because they are the one seed, I still feel like the Utah Jazz are one piece away. And mm. I, I could be wrong. I always take a lot of heat when I talk about the Jazz because they have been one, uh, you know, they have been the one seed and probably the best team in basketball. But I still feel like, uh, you know, we're going to kind of see see what they're about in the next round and if they possibly make the Western Conference Finals. So as crazy as it sounds for a one seed to still be one piece away, I kind of feel like Utah still – one piece away. Um, but, yeah, those are my three teams. Uh, you have anybody that you thought of? Uh, the only thing I could think is one piece away uh, for me it would have to be Miami. Miami, they need, they need another star. They have everything else on their team. They have the shooters. They have the big men. have the toughness. have the coaching. 
have the leadership with Pat Riley, but they need one more person to to get them back to where they need to be. Like a Kawhi Leonard or something like that? Yeah, like a Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Briscoe, 33. What is the most surprisingly difficult aspect, mentally, physically, financially, of retiring from the game or adjusting to retirement? Good question. Uh, for me, I, ju- I just think it's life after basketball. You know, what you going to do? You know, what you, what, what, what you going to pick up to replace that time? You know, that, that, that you did while you was playing basketball, all the working out and stuff. Obviously, things change. People grow and your life changes and you, you can't play forever. Father, father time is undefeated. So, uh, for the most part, just find something that you love to do. Obviously, uh, we've been blessed to be able to be in this space. Uh, shout out to Rachel Nichols for starting my career, you know, with the jump when the season, when the season first, when I first uh, retired from basketball. And I've been, I've been put in a lot of great positions. So, it's all about what happens after basketball and what positions you put in. I respected everybody my whole career, and I'm reaping the benefits of it now. So um, I think the best part to keep your mental straight is to find something you love to do after basketball that will keep the same love and joy in your life and keep you busy. Mm, absolutely. Obviously, we, we, we see our brother uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, shout him out, hopefully sending him well wishes. Uh, you know, going struggling right now um, after retirement, um, you know, kind of having been forced in retirement with uh, – with heart issues, I think it's important to have a plan. And, you know, we were both lucky to land on our feet after basketball. You know, I did a lot of investing in my early 30s and things started kind of turning finally at 37 when I decided, decided to retire. Um, this whole media space was, you know, not even a plan you and I had. And, you know, we both ended up in it and and now we're really making a name for ourselves in this space. So I, I definitely think, like you said, Jack, you know, we've been fortunate enough to make it to the highest level, but we've been athletes our entire life, you know? So Mm -hmm. when that comes to an end, what's next? And a lot of guys can't handle that. Um, You know, a lot of guys aren't ready for that to come to an end. They're not ready for the lights to turn off. They're not ready for the fans to stop calling their name. And that can really be devastating to people. Um, You know, so, you know, we wish everyone the best who, who, who has, because this is a real topic, you know, guys go into depression, guys, some people, you know, commit suicide. Some people pick up drug habits. Some people lose all their money because, like you said, we've been athletes since we can remember. And now we still have more than half our lives to live. But what's next? So I always say it's very important to have a plan and start that plan early because you never know when your time is up in this league. So, again, sending out love to everyone who is struggling uh, with this problem. Uh, you know, like I said, our brother LaMarcus Aldridge is someone who's going through this right now with depression. So sending him a lot of love. And, uh, man, just be there for people. You know, if you're family or friends of professional athletes, although they may be smiling, they could be hurting inside because, like I said, it's been our life, our whole entire life. And now we have more than half our lives to live, and some people don't know what's next. So, again, man, sending love. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Next fan question, at Marit Couture. What are your views of the ISO-heavy Brooklyn offense? Is it sustainable when push comes to shove deep in the playoffs? This is a great question um, because I thought this game won and I knew that they would watch film and kind of understand how much they depended on you go, I go, you go, I go. But when you fucking got KD, James, and Kyrie, you can do that. Um, I think as they advance further in the playoffs, they're going to need to pick that ball movement up and pick and choose their spots. You know, it, it, it's such a luxury for Steve Nash to have three of the best one-on-one players in the game at any time can call their number. But I think it's always important to keep the guys like Joe Harrison and, and Brown and your other players that are around your stars involved in the game. Even if they're not getting shots, they still need to touch that motherfucker. Remember what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I think they really relied on ISO basketball a lot in the first two games. I think they're starting to understand, although they may, they're going to be able to win this series on it, moving forward against Milwaukee, they're going to definitely need some ball movement and you know get the defense, get the ball from one side of the floor to another and then attack. So this is a great question. This is something we're going to have to watch because they do rely heavily on isolation basketball. Although we've never seen a threesome like this, uh, it'll be interesting to see if this can work throughout the playoffs. And what's interesting is what a lot of people are not saying is the fact that you have two of the greatest players in the league coming in and accepting their roles. Kyrie didn't mind pushing to the two and letting James handle because he's a better playmaker. When you have stars like that that's buying in, it's going to work. But going to the second round, speaking ahead, Milwaukee didn't see the dynamic of Kyrie and James. They seen Kyrie and KD. So it's going to be a different dynamic when the playoffs come because Drew Holiday can't guard both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I really feel like I said, we, we've never seen, you know, three one-on-one players like this uh, and they all have sacrifice. But I, I still think, you know, they're going to need to be able to move that ball uh, the further they advance in the playoffs. Christian 091604. Do the Lakers need a third star as LeBron ages? Great question. Uh, No, I don't think so. Um. When you spend a million dollars on your body a year, you're going to be all right. You're going to be better than half the players in the league. The way he approached the game, the confidence, the person who he is, the way he's built, um, I think LeBron will be all right. I don't think they need to add another star. They just won a championship without another star, with two stars. So I just think they got to have more confidence in their role players. They got, they got a nice group of guys over there on that sideline, Matt. I just think they need to continue to give them the confidence and – let them know how important they are. They're just important as LeBron and AD to the team. I don't think they need a third star. I think they have what they need. I just think they need to give them more confidence and rely on them a little bit more. 
You know, I, I think the third star situation kind of played itself out, uh, although Brooklyn has three stars. Most teams don't have three stars anymore, and I agree, Jack. Uh, the role players need to step up. But again, LeBron will be going into, what, year 18 or 19 next year? And mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck how much money you spend on your body. Father time is undefeated. <laughs> You know, Kobe, Kobe spent a lot of money on his body and his body just gave up. You know, <laughs> you know, when Kobe said, you know, my mind is still there, my body's not. You know what I mean? And he was someone who who stuck to the code as LeBron does. Uh, I think this guy's been in his prime his entire career. Uh, he's yeah. asked to do a lot this playoffs now that AD is down. So we have to start keeping an eye on LeBron um, as far as what they're asking him as a team to do or what fans are expecting him to do understanding that this man has dominated this league for so long. And, and like you said, I mean, there's only so much basketball, you know, a body has, there's only so many miles on a body you can run, no matter what kind of maintenance or upkeep uh, you keep on that. So this is something we're going to be watching closely from here on out. You know, uh, you know, with all due respect, uh, I think the Lakers window is this year, next year. Um, You know, after that, uh, I think it opens right back up uh, to the rest of the league. So, you know, with AD, being nicked up and dinged up a lot and, and LeBron getting older, this is going to be a question that we're probably going to revisit at some point, uh, possibly next year, um, and, and asking, hey, do they really need another guy to step up? Because, you know, I don't be able to see LeBron to play, you know, up until he got hurt uh, this this season with the high ankle sprain. He had played every game and was on pace mm-hmm. to win MVP. You know what I mean? So we lo- we want that we love to see that but how much more can he do that we'll have to wait and see but you know you never want to bet against LeBron but the one thing that's always undefeated about athletes is, is father time and our closing thoughts uh something that's growing more and more alarming um our fans behavior um at these games it's getting fucking ridiculous uh if you ask me from uh Trey Young being spit on to Westbrook getting popcorn poured on him in Philly to uh, T. Morant, who's a good friend of ours, uh, getting disrespected and, and racial slurs thrown at him and his wife in Utah. And I want to say a fan ran on the court um, just last night in the in, in the Philadelphia game. So, mm-hmm. you know, Jack, this is something we know all too well. Uh, you know, you were part of the, the, you know, the malice in the palace. You know, I've had several run-ins with fans. And, you know, we both spoke on how racist Utah is um, back in 07 pre-social media so maybe the word didn't travel um you know is this racially driven is this crazy fans i think it's hard to really eliminate either one they both can be true uh, but what are your thoughts um of fan behavior of late well you kind of you kind of got to blame the nba because they you know you just suspend uh, uh ban them from coming to games that's nothing a player says something or go on the stands, there's millions of dollars lost. So it's, it's, it's not an even playing field. You allow them to come in there and say these things. You know, just like I told you about when we played in Utah, you know this. They had a, a life-size cutout of me in the jail suit right under the goal. My mom saw that and was in tears. Like, my, 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 my kids saw that. Like, so, but the NBA didn't say nothing about it. They didn't stop it. So it's not an even playing field. They let, they let the fans get away with murder. They let the fans say anything they want. And it's kind of like the same thing Mike Tyson said. Too many people are comfortable with opinion, especially like on social media, without getting punched in the mouth. You know what I mean? And that's what happened. You know, I think even with the brawl, they threw a beer at Ron. That's assault. That's assault in any state. But we defend ourselves 
because the, the, we all know that's nine out of ten times the security that's in the NBA are all elders. There's a lot of older people that really can't move. <laughs> or, or, and it's just being the truth. If you look at the brawl, right. they couldn't keep us out of the stands and they couldn't control nothing because all the people that were working there were elders. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not an even playing field. They, they expect more from the players than the actual fans. And I think it should be, the respect should be mutual. And that's, what, that's clearly not the, the, point, the, the, the situation right now. They, they, they're able to respect the players and do whatever they want, but the players got to take the high road. And that's definitely not cool. Yeah, we also forgot, you know, Kyrie Irving almost got hit with the water ball. I think it's bullshit. I think, you know, obviously, like, again, the, the, the Utah shit with the jail, but I had never heard nigger with an ER so many times during the series. It was just like, what the fuck? These people are really just clearly saying this and, and smiling and giggling and laughing about it. And like I said, we said this shit in 07. What are we, in in, in, in 21 now? And we said mm-hmm. this shit four, four, 14 years ago, we said this. Same shit in Boston. Racist-ass fans. So um, I think people think because they purchase a ticket, they can come and say and do what they want. Um, but that's not the case. You know, the NBA has been great at, you know, making the game fun for fans and, and making the fans feel safe. Uh, players are suspended and heavily fined if they step foot in the crowd. Players are heavily fined if they respond to people who are talking shit. So it's always been, it's crazy to me, like, we're the product, we're the reason why this motherfucking shit goes, but we're the only ones held accountable. Getting kicked out of game is not enough. Being banned is not enough. You need to be banned from all professional sporting events. However the fuck, they got the technology to do that shit now. All professional sporting events you need to be banned for. You need to be hit with a felony. Hit with the felony. If you throw something, spit on someone, because in real life, that's what it would be. It'd be felony, you know, you're assaulting someone. We got felonies, Matt. We got Straight felonies. Up. We got arrested and all. We had to do time yeah. in jail for the brawl. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, and, and then on top of that, I mean, they got to sit down, you know, make them sit in jail for a week, you know, make, embarrass the fuck out of them. You know what I mean? But something has to happen because something bad is going to happen if it doesn't. You know what I mean? You're going to hit the wrong motherfucker and someone is going to get their ass beat straight up and down. And then, and then the players are going to be the bad guys. You know, yep. similar to your guys' situation. Like you said, someone hit Ron with a whole entire beer in his face. That that, that shit would have never happened if the fans were under control. You know what I mean? So hey, again, Matt. I think, go ahead. But I don't mean to cut you off, but then with nothing, they, they don't even talk about. It was more than one person that hit Ron. Yep. It was two, it was two three people. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they, if that happened today, it would totally be different with everything going on in the world. We'll have more room to fight and, 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 to, and to get the more attention on what happened. But if that if the Madison the Palace happened today, oh, the NBA will be in trouble. Mm-mm. Well, like I said, I, I just think, again, the, the fans have always, or the, the NBA has always done a, a great job of making the, the, the games enjoyable for the fans and making the fans feel safe. Never had the players been at the forefront of, of safety. You know what I mean? Like, I got cussed out by Robert Sauver, the bitch ass owner of the Suns, and I responded and got fined tw- either twenty five or 50000 When I responded, they didn't do nothing to him. We told the league that they was calling us niggers in Utah. Nothing happened. Yep, we, nothing. Got called, we got called niggers in Boston. Nothing happened. You know what I mean? So it's only time now that they're finally catching the shit and seeing it. But the shit has been happening. I mean, obviously, you take this all the way back to, you know, Bill Russell back in the day with his own fans. that used to, you know, degrade him and throw racial slurs at him. Um, you know, and I think, uh, what was it Tristan Thompson or, or, or someone from the, you know, from, I think it was Tristan Thompson, someone from Boston said, you know, as a visiting fan, I used to hear a visiting player I heard all the time, uh, you know, playing there, I don't hear it anymore, but it doesn't change it. 
You know, mm-hmm. at, at, at the beginning of this, I said, you know, is it, is it just crazy fans or is it racially motivated? And we can't answer either one, you know, but I definitely know when they're throwing them niggas around in, in, in Utah and Boston, that was racial. Again, mm-hmm. so this is a big problem that the NBA has to fix. It needs to fix, be fixed ASAP um, or it's going to get ugly. And, you know, obviously we don't want it to get ugly. You know, you guys come to games to be fans, be fans, be respectful because you know goddamn well if you saw us in the street, you wouldn't spit in our face, you wouldn't throw a water bottle in our face, and you wouldn't even say nothing crazy because you know you get your ass beat on site. So why do it, you know, at the event? So, And everybody yeah. ain't fighting, so be careful. <laughs> Straight up, especially everybody ain't wrong fight. Be yeah. careful. A lot of motherfuckers got that shit on them or in their backpacks. So you do some crazy shit in real life. You know, people get ki- people get killed for spitting on people. At the end of the day, people get killed for throwing stuff at people and hitting them in the face. At the end of the day, you know what I mean. So you know, don't let this shit just think because you're at a basketball arena that that, that anything flies. So. These fans definitely need to be held accountable, or some of these fans just need their ass whooped straight up and down, and, and, and maybe that'll solve it. But you guys whooped some ass in Detroit, and that didn't really change none, so who knows? <laughs> That's a wrap for this week's What's Burning. You can catch us every week on Showtime Basketball YouTube. And on Twitter and Instagram at Show Basketball. See y'all next Peace. week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.